Hello, everybody. This is the Five Star Podcast, a show from guys who uh, sometimes know how to use technology and always watch. I'm Ryan. And I'm Sam. Hello. And uh, we are here with our first movie club show. Um, and this week we just and fill in a blank that we both had, which was by Alfred Hitchcock. Uh, what were your thoughts on Vertigo here, Sam, uh, initially? I I loved it. It took me a little bit to get into it because I just, like, I didn't really know what was going on. To be completely honest with you, I just was, like, a little lost at the beginning. But once the movie started to, like, flesh itself out a little bit and I was able to, like, I don't know. Once I, like Once the movie kind of explained itself, I loved it. I had a I had a very similar feeling, uh, you know, when you're watching uh, movies from the 50s like this one. Sometimes the the pacing of it can feel a little bit slow, and I was I was maybe feeling that at the beginning, but then um, once we really got into the thick of things, I I had a lot of fun. I really really enjoyed the movie, uh, so I was glad that yeah, this I was our, our first choice here. <laughs> once it was there, I was. Oh, no. Yeah, exactly. Like well, like once we really got into it, and I. I was caught up in the mystery of things. I was, I was in, I was in it as much as, as James Stewart was. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy. What have you, Jimmy. what have you seen, Jimmy? In so let's. Uh, I have seen him in Rear Window. Yes. I think I've seen him in clips from It's a Wonderful Life. Oh yeah. I've never seen the whole movie though. People like loved Jimmy. Yeah. He was, he was like the guy, for a long time. Back in like old, yeah. Like, like I remember we we watched Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, which I don't like, but I I bet people who love America, mm-hmm. like who just love America, would love that movie. <laughs> but I know like whatever studio made that had to like buy him from the studio that owned him. It was it was wild. Yeah, he's a, he was a huge deal. I mean, it's kind of funny to see him in like a movie like this, where like. I think I think when I'm watching it, he's like a uh, to give away like sort of what I'll talk about later. Like he's just a very like horny character. <laughs> it's weird to see because he's super just like uh, I guess like just really beloved and like very friendly seeming in in some of his other roles. So it kind of cracks me up to see like once he's getting older, he's, he's in roles like this. <laughs> I think every like old man of the last like 20 years is like modeled after Jimmy Stewart. I think so, like, just in the way, like, he's supposed to seem like a good guy and, like, but, like, in some sort of way where, like, he'll still, like, go out and get a beer with yeah. you, too, or something like that, you know, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Okay, I did not mean to tangent there, but just love Jimmy. No, no, I think that's a great way to start. I think um, we'll get into the summary here of the movie a little bit. Uh, the IMDb summary um, is that a former police detective juggles wrestling with his personal demons and becoming obsessed with a hauntingly beautiful woman. Um, do you feel like this is necessarily accurate to what the movie is, is really about here? I think it's super vague for what this movie is like really about. And I think it focuses too much on the man like i i mean jimmy 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 had a lot of stuff happen to him in this movie and i feel like maybe the summary should focus more on what kim novak was doing the whole time yeah he's like a little bit of a of a more of a passive character in this i feel like that summary really focuses on uh uh the plot details of the movie and less on the fact that like he basically follows his friend's wife, then falls in love with his friend's wife. And uh, we're going to get into spoiler territory here now, I guess. Oh, and we're spoiling. Has sex with his friend's wife. Oh, we're spoiling everything. <laughs> yeah, we're going to spoil away. And then uh, and then she dies, and then he can't get over her. <laughs> that was weird. That would be more of the way I would describe the movie. The uh, the him not being able to get over her. Yeah, that was uh, 
one of the big parts of this movie that wasn't really explained was like his relationship with that woman Midge. And Midge just like threw him in this home. Mm-hmm. And he was just we're supposed to believe he's just like in that home for like a year. Yeah. I yeah. Cause what they have like the kind of like throwaway line where it's like Midge is like they dated in college or something like that, or they went to college together. But like, she still seems like they still seem like kind of an item. Honestly, I think, in the movie. I think she <laughs> was like really into him. I got, I got a, I got a few, few things with Midge later. But like, I think she was down, and I, I don't think he was down at all anymore. Yeah. No. You know what, Midge? You you can do better. You know. You can get in a relationship that uh, is mutual. There, you don't got to chase Jimmy Stewart. No, Jimmy is. Even though, even though, even though you guys went to college together, he's like still uh, twelve years older than you. Come on, come on, girl. God. Now you sound like Hitchcock is complaining <laughs> about his age. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later too. <laughs> Um, So I know we did a pretty good uh, job of just sort of summarizing our initial thoughts uh, at the top. Is there anything you sort of wanted to elaborate on? I've got a couple things here, if you don't. (laughs) No, go ahead. Oh, I'm there. Can you hear me? Oh, okay, perfect. Can you hear me? Uh, so I guess <laughs> I can hear you now. Are you good? Yeah. Go. I think we're good now. Um, some technical difficulties here. Uh, will not be a. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure we'll not be isolated to this one, but we're gonna just we're gonna just power through. But uh, yeah, I just wanted to like uh, here in the beginning. I forgot uh, in our opening, which is just like this is this is definition of a film film classic. You know, you have you have big stars like Jimmy Stewart, like we've been talking about. You have you know a really famous director and Alfred Hitchcock. Um, you know, I think that it deserves to, to still remain a classic. Like like I said off the top, it's it's really great. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think, you know, we've made make fun of his age and we're gonna continue to make fun of his age, but I do really like Jimmy Stewart in there. Um, he's, re- he's really charming like he always is in movies. Um, and then I thought Kim Novak was good in, as, the, as the love interest in the role, super like, you know, mysterious and you don't really know what's going on with her. I thought she did a great job. Of playing that, um, and then I also loved uh, Hitchcock in the way that he used used color. There's a lot of a lot of green, a lot of reds in this movie, uh, which I think really brings out some of the emotions here. And then I I love the uh, both the setting of San Francisco and just the way that it looks. It looks really great in the movie, and you know it's sort of all like misty looking and really really ominous looking at some points. And then I think a lot of this is tied together um, by the score, which is done by Bernard, Bernard Herman, who is uh, another important guy that we're going to continue to talk about. But, um, you know, I, I really did dig the movie quite a bit. I, uh, you, you mentioned so, the color. Think, oh, yeah, go ahead. I pointed out, like, there was that scene mm-hmm. at the very beginning where, like, the, like, the guy hires James Stewart to, hire, uh, to follow his wife. Like, there was a lot of red. Like that carpet was mm-hmm. like very red. Like yeah. the the seat was super red, and that scene also. I never realized that uh, James Stewart had such like striking blue eyes. Like everything within that <laughs> yeah, scene really was just like super colorful. And then 
I I wrote down at one point. Yeah. I was like, Hitchcock loves San Francisco. Like he, yeah. Like my favorite scene was I think it was James Stewart and Midge were in the in a car, and like the camera was like in mm-hmm. front of them, and then like the whole like out the back window was just like the Golden Gate Bridge, and it was just like this picturesque thing like this picturesque like like moment and i was like hitchcock just like loves the setting yeah it looks really great and like all the i don't you know obviously maybe they messed around and and played some tricks on us but all the locations they use too are super evocative what's going on in the story like you know you have the golden gate bridge that looks really beautiful and then they kind of go in that wooded area and it's like a little bit Mm, scary the huge tree and then um yeah, exactly. And then there's there's the little like bell tower, um, which is you know, it's it's really old looking and and you know very like old world and it kind of gives you pause. I I just thought it was, yeah, I thought San Francisco was a really great great setting for the movie, and yeah, the use of colors just makes everything look beautiful too. And you know, like like you said, like the red and and like that scene specifically, you know, it's not only very pleasing to the eye but if you think about it you know it's like red it's basically just flashing danger at you right <laughs> and it's yeah. in stewart right away in this movie oh jimmy it's so too early for him to drink really in great. the day though um yeah that's true <laughs> it was, it was not about to have that uh what like nine o'clock whiskey yeah he was <laughs> you want to you want to drink i want to it's a little early for me, but yes, I'll follow your possessed wife. <laughs> yeah, and, and and then I will I will bang your possessed wife. That that's uh, that's gonna happen. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, maybe maybe uh, too soon to say it, but uh, you, are we sure Scotty's a good guy? I got. Are we sure we should like Scotty? I I just don't. I feel like he was unhinged. In this movie. So, like, one of my, like, questions I had from this movie is, do you think, do you think, uh, this, the, the character that James Stewart was playing, Ferguson, was it John Ferguson? Yeah, yeah, I think they called him, what, the Scotty, I think John, is what they called him. His, his acquaintances can call him Scotty. Do you consider yourself an acquaintance? Yeah. All right, perfect. You know what? Do you think <laughs> yeah, do you think that he thought he was doing a good job following her? I don't know. You, you know, like like he was bad. I feel like yeah, he was he was doing a really horrible job. And you know, honestly, uh the way that they made the switch in the in the beginning and they get the look alike in there or whatever, like it, maybe he wasn't paying enough attention. Maybe he was thinking a little bit with uh, the wrong head. He was uh, like too much there if you know what i mean oh he yeah james was doing plenty of that he was right behind her almost every time he was tracking her and then at the very beginning like the first place he tracks her to is to get those flowers he's like the only person in the alley with her Mm -hmm. and and it's like scotty yeah like come on you are like when when... you're bad at this Yeah, or like when she's at when she's at the grave, and he just like just walks. I'm like, you are lucky that she's like in like a trance like state on this grave right now because like you were in full view, man. Like you were in full view, just like gawking from like 15 feet away. I like how he like ducked behind a wall, and it's like, dude, you're at a cemetery. Just um, look at a grave. As I. Oh, ahead, totally interrupted you there. I was just gonna, I was just gonna move us along here and um, sort of talk about the key people uh, that are making the movie. So, of course, we have it uh, directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, you know, by this point, uh, he had made Rope and Rear Window and Dial Him for Murder, and you know, so many, so many classics. So he's been making a movie since 1927. Um, do you have a lot of familiarity with with Hitchcock? I've seen Psycho, Dial M for Murder, and Rear Window a couple times. Um, all three of those are fantastic. Dial M for Murder 
is like. That was like a, I don't know how, I feel like that's not like a super well seen in comparison to like his like other movies, but it was really good. Mm -hmm. And he has a way of just like crafting the perfect like thriller, the perfect like detective case where you're like kind of just following along and you have to figure out what's going on as like he's telling you the story. Like you're basically a detective in that movie and it was fun. Like a lot of the stuff in that movie wouldn't work today just because some of the ways that you find out who the killer is are like, well, technology's changed this. Yeah. But I, what, what do they call him? The, the king of thrillers? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and you, I mean, I've seen, I've seen Rear Window and, and now this movie, and, um, he does just, like, a really good job of, like you said, it, everything feels like you're watching a mystery in the sense that, like, he just kind of lays everything out in the first, you know, half mm -hmm. hour to an hour, and then the, the last half of the movies is just all, like, you know, paying that off and, and, you know, making you go like, oh, that's why he was doing this. That's why that was happening. And, you know, that's, that's what was going on there. Yeah. I totally agree. So another person, we've both seen Rear Window. We both love Rear Window. And um, a person that Hitchcock uh, brought with him into this movie uh, was Jimmy Stewart, who we've talked about a little bit. Um, you know, he's been in plenty of movies, uh, of, of Hitchcock's movies. Um, he's, as we said, he's in Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, I feel like we talked about Jimmy quite a bit, but how do you feel uh, about this movie? Looking back on it, you know, 50 years later. I think... I, I didn't even really notice that he was too much older in this movie. Besides, I noticed he was graying, but like he looked like a young man for the most part. That's true. He does it, look maybe maybe it's not having the whiskey in the morning, but he does look like surprisingly yeah. young for fifty. But like I, I think his acting style would almost get better with age because it's not like he does. He's not like an acrobatic guy. It's not like he does any like athletic acting. He just. He's just kind of there. Mm -hmm. So I'm surprised that age would really be an issue for him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting that he's so much older than these people and he doesn't doesn't feel like it. But yeah, like you said, it, it does like sort of fit him like a glove in a way. Maybe that's why. Yeah. It's because he's just so he's just so friendly seeming. And you know, like we said earlier, that maybe he is not doing the greatest things in this movie or doing a great job, but he does feel like a nice guy when you're watching it. It's a very, very conflicting when watching this movie, but I think it's a good, like, little extra layer. Yeah, the end of the movie was weird, because the whole time I'm like, he's a nice guy, like, he means well, but then by the end of it, you're like, this dude's, this dude's kind of a creep. Yeah. I think when, uh, when he made her just dress like the dead woman he was obsessed with, I was like, whoa, 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 buddy. <laughs> My thing was, maybe he knew. That could be. That's a good uh, like conspiracy corner there. <laughs> he, like, he knew and he just he didn't care. He also kind of went back on that. He probably didn't care. He was just like, you know what? I'm a weird guy. I'm old. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 25 years older than this woman anyway. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Hollywood never changes. No. Some things, some things always stay the same. <laughs> so speaking of the person that he had such an age difference with, it was um, the female lead is Kim Novak, who we don't hear speak very far until very far into this movie. Um, but she definitely plays a very significant role in the second half I had never seen a movie with her before in it at all. No. I've never even, like, heard of the other movie she was in. Yeah. Yeah, I, I looked at her IMDb today, and I was <laughs> I was a little lost. <laughs> but I thought she was I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I liked her. I think she did a really nice job playing, like, the fake wife. But when she was playing Judy, the whole thing felt a little... A little off to me 
Maybe it's the wig. That wig was bad. Yeah. Yeah, there was something with that like hairdo that just didn't didn't quite look right. I I But I don't know. He was good. Like I I, I think he was a good icy blonde for Hitchcock. Yeah, exactly. I felt like she fit that mold pretty perfectly in the movie. I think that's when I like her better in the movie. As opposed to like you said, like playing Judy and trying to pretend like she's somebody else that didn't work quite as well. Um, at least for me. Um, no, I agree. It was it was off. I think it's a tough role to play too. I feel like that's got playing playing two different characters that are supposed to be very distinctly different. It's gotta it's it's gotta be hell, honestly. Yeah, I, yeah, especially with Hitchcock. Yeah, he can be so exacting that you know, and such a such a strange guy that it's got to be a little bit nerve wracking. So uh, we've kind of run down some of the, the, the main people in this film here. Um, and I just wanted to point out a couple of other notable, notable folks that have been, uh, were making the movie. So we have the score by Bernard Herrmann, uh, who famously did the Citizen Kane uh, score. And then he went on to work with Hitchcock on his next two films. Um, which, of course, were North by Northwest and Psycho. And then uh, what I knew Bernard Herrmann from was that he had also done the uh, score for Taxi Driver, which I'm a big fan of as well. Damn. Yeah, so he's... he's that dude makes good scores. Holy crap. Yeah, he's a legend. He's, he's really great. I thought he did a great job with this score, too. It kind of felt like the Psycho score at certain points. The Psycho score is... Wow. The opening of Psycho is amazing. And it's all because of the score. I don't know who that was. I love the Taxi Driver score. I yeah, love that movie. It's so great. And honestly, the score in that movie is a really big part of it, too. Um, and it, it certainly helps a lot in this movie, too. I like the score quite a bit. We've talked totally with you. a little bit about the colors. Um, and, you know, one person that really makes those look so good is the uh, cinematographer Robert Burks, um, who's worked with Hitchcock quite a bit. I figured he was at least worth mentioning here, even if I wasn't necessarily going to elaborate on, on him more. Um, and then I wanted to also highlight another key person here, which is uh, Saul Bass, who did the opening credits and then the poster for the film. Um, he would go on to do uh, opening credits for North by Northwest and Psycho and West Side Story. Um, and then he had uh, design titles for The Seven Year Itch, uh, the, man with no, the Man with the Golden Arm, and Around the World in 80 Days um, before this. But he's sort of a key person in the way that they do uh, credits in movies. Uh, and I thought that st- certainly stood out here with a little like, almost felt like a James Bond opening to me, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, the opening was weird. It was scary. Yeah, it was really creepy and like spooky. And uh, I thought it was a really great way to sort of jump into the movie. Yeah, you definitely knew you were getting yourself into something a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it really gets you like in the feeling that you need to be in, um, which is, you know, exactly what you need from a set of opening titles. And I think it does just a great job. I sort of wonder if he had anything to do with that like animated sort of sequence later on too, but I'm really pulling that right out of my ass. That kind of made me think of Kill Bill Volume One when they like show Lucy Liu's character. Yeah, the maybe and there's this like cartoon in the middle of the movie. That kind of made me think of that. Or sort of like when the when the colors are flashing in, like like when in the orange in, in Kill Bill where it's like the the music and then like the orange flashing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no. I, I bet I bet Tarantino stole gleefully from him. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> so I think um we can just talk a little bit about the uh historical significance of the movie here. It um as I said, it's a comes out in a three year stretch, uh nineteen fifty eight to nineteen sixty where Alfred Hitchcock makes 
this North by Northwest in Psycho, which is about as good as you can do in, in wow. three years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't think I could name three better movies that have all come out from the same person in, in three years. <laughs> wow. All really good cover art too on those posters. Yeah. All look great. All are I mean, all are really iconic and have stood the test of time and you know, are still like kind of popular in their own way. Um yeah, good good job by uh, Alfred Hitchcock, I guess. <laughs> Proud of him. Yeah. Good for him. Yeah, you're doing great, Alfred. <laughs> um, so then just a few more uh, things to just kind of talk about how beloved of a movie this is. It's number 90 on IMDb's list of top 250 movies, which, you know, take that or leave it. Uh, it's number nine on AFI's top 100 uh, number 70 on The Hollywood Reporter. Uh, it's number one on the British Film Institute's uh, list. And then, it, of course, it has a 100 Metacritic score and then 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. So people love this movie. Oh, great. Yeah. It's not Rotten just Tomatoes. Us. Really good. Yeah. Yeah, it means <laughs> so much, right? <laughs> 95% Should we of dive what? into the categories? Yeah, let's do it. Let's have some fun with the categories here. Sure. <laughs> All right, so I'll name you my favorite scenes, and then we can add in yours. How's that yeah, happen? that sounds perfect. So favorite scenes, I wrote down the scene where – so Ferguson, Scotty, comes and finds out – this is in no order, by the oh, way. You're so. all good. Scotty comes and finds out that uh, he basically meets Judy, and he gets to have that dinner date with her. Mm-hmm. And after Scotty leaves, so Judy can change, Judy starts to write that letter. Oh, yeah. Telling her, telling him about everything that's supposed to happen. And as she's, and she's like writing it out and they're showing like the flashbacks, like what actually happened when they went to that, like, I don't know, like the church, I guess. Mm -hmm. It wasn't church. It was like a convent church type thing. Yeah. And then it's Judy, instead of sending it, it's just like, screw it. I love this man. I'm going to rip this up and just trying to make it work with him yeah that film that seems really great uh i feel like it really hammers home the thing in this movie where it's like they both both of them are involved in this on like a really weird level but they just don't seem to care (laughs) which i think is an interesting twist in the movie no (laughs) no they were they were both just like they just loved each other and they were going to make it work even though there was a lot of baggage yeah yeah, almost like an insurmountable amount of baggage, but they, they saw all the red flags and were like, I'm, I'm going for it. I don't care. <laughs> and then I loved the opening title. Into the, the, the opening chase was really, really well done. I loved, I love how cities used to be where you could just run across the top of buildings yeah. and it was totally believable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love the uh, the first time they used that like camera effect too where he's looking down and it kind of like looks like it's it's stretching. Yep. Yeah, that's I that's really great. Right. So I, I got I got a question about that. So Scotty has vertigo, so he gets super dizzy when he's up that high. Mm-hmm. How did he get off the roof? That's what I was wondering too. I was uh I I was literally yelling at, at my like TV screen like we're cutting the we're fading the black here. Like I I think he's still in a significant amount of trouble. Like one scene later he's like fainting off of like a bar stool. Like I don't understand how he's holding on for dear life with all his body weight hanging off a gutter. And the like itself is really not holding his weight very well at all like before the before the other policeman falls off it's really like bending and like giving to his weight but then we're supposed to just believe that that it holds him for however long until people come and find him that didn't make any sense but you know what good for him it was great Um, though i like it was great. It, it looked so good. That that first Vertigo shot, like you said, that was... I mean, that's the first time they really used that, I think, in a movie. Like the, He, like, created that shot. Yeah, and it looks... I mean, it just looks spectacular. I wish, actually, people would still do things like that 
nowadays where they're kind of using like inventive angles and movements and things like that. Uh, my next scene that I had was definitely just the whole suicide where they go to that, like they, they go to the church and she climbs the stairs and Jimmy's got vertigo again. Yeah. And, uh, you just like see her fall to her death. And it all, it all happened so fast. Like I didn't really, I didn't really question whether it could be something that was like, I mean, obviously I knew there was more movie to go, but it all happened so like fast that my head was also spinning. I wasn't really like questioning yes. whether it was like a setup or anything like that. I was just like, whoa, that went bad. That went bad quick. I, uh, this was so stupid of me, but when they like told us that that actually wasn't like Kim Fox falling off there and it was his other, it was his wife that they killed <laughs> in my head. I like, I like assumed that his wife was fine and they had like a full size, like a doll that looked like Kim Fox. Yeah. And that was my first thought. And I was like, wait a minute. They had a whole court case. Maybe, maybe that, maybe that, maybe that was his wife that he killed. That was that was my first thought too. Was like I was I was like, oh, so they just pushed the dummy off, but then it was such a convincing dummy that like <laughs> an entire like group of investigators <laughs> were convinced that it was a real person. And then when there's like the reveal that it's the wife, I was like, oh, that makes sense. Okay, that was that was fantastic. Just that whole. Like that moment, I was locked yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, me too. That's, I that's some of the, like the best. I I don't know how long it is, like five ten minutes of the movie for sure. Definitely. Um, I also liked. There's two more scenes I got, and then I think you have a yeah. couple more. So I have the scene where, uh, where like Jimmy had just. I don't even, I I don't remember the whole build of this, but Jimmy gets back to like his apartment with Midge mm-hmm. and Midge was just like I painted you something and she was like all excited and it was like the perfect self portrait of her but like looking just like that woman that uh, Kim Fox's character yeah. kept looking at at the museum that was first off that was a, a great painting yeah. like that looked phenomenal <laughs> she and then her freak out was weird. I was, I was, I have that in mind too. Like Midge's freak out question mark. I thought it was like funny, but maybe a little bit over dramatic. But I enjoyed it at the same time. It was like I, it was almost poorly acted. I'd say like I, I didn't really know what she was going for. I didn't really understand what she was all upset about. And then they just cut away from her, and I was like, oh, oh all I right. Was, that painting was nice. I, that that re- that piece of acting resulted in an exchange between me and my roommate of where I would I think Midge needs some counseling, and my roommate responded, "I think everybody in this movie needs some counseling." <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> he's one hundred percent right. <laughs> he's not wrong. <laughs> he said that I was like, "That is true. That is true." <laughs> and then my last scene was probably when so Scotty had like finally done like his finishing touches on like making Judy look just like mm-hmm. Madeline and uh she walks out of the bathroom and they have like the they kind of have like the the like uh what's the word I'm looking for like they have like the, the like the smoke blowing at like the smoke mm-hmm. on her and she just walks out and it's like a, like a ghost is walking out or like he's almost like dreaming the yeah. whole thing I thought that was like kind of the perfect like oh yeah this is kim fox this whole time if you didn't know that somehow yeah it's like a perfect and that's little when, that, that didn't click for jimmy right there i know there was yeah, a good it's effect. interesting there that was it a really, really good a little effect. bit longer and, but I, I, it is just like a perfect little effect of like it almost looks like she's like walking out of his like dreams or something like that it's pretty pretty weird agreed but it looks great what I think I just had a couple more scenes here uh, that we don't have to spend too much time on. I I, I did uh, the wife just disappearing at the hotel. I thought that was a, a fun little scene. I know I went into the movie a little bit 
um, you know, like purposely unaware of what, what was going to happen. Um, so, you know, when there's that first scene where you think like, what the hell did happen to her? Like we did just see her in the window and now she's not there. I thought that was a really interesting little scene. Yeah. I definitely like, I'm still a little confused about it, but, uh, then you mentioned it just in this in this podcast about uh that was probably like his wife, right? Yeah, it must have been. Um because I, I don't know how they would have done this the like switcheroo otherwise, right? No, there's no way. So that that seemed that like really seen. confused me, but I think in like a good way. Um so I included that in here. Yeah, I agree. And then I think I just had I had two more with with Scotty and Judy. Um, one was the, the we mentioned it earlier, so we don't really have to spend too much time on it. Um, but the like uh, reveal of when he does see the necklace and put everything together, I was sitting there like, okay, all right, now you're now you're doing it, Scotty. Now you now you're on the right track. Good detective work. Yeah, yeah, you actually uh, put something together there, Sherlock. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> so I like I like that scene, um, and then I know we had I mentioned it in the like sort of uh, earlier discussions, but uh, I love just anything with sort of like neon lighting to it. So I like the the little like kiss scene with the really dramatic music in front of the uh, the like huge neon light right by her apartment. Yeah, I love I love the use of neon in just anything. That thing, it looks really great in the movie. Got to be an issue for sleep. That thing is right in her window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't sleep. Yeah. She's fine. She just sits in the dark green light and just just waits. <laughs> <laughs> Did you uh, have any favorite lines that you wanted to talk about from the movie at all? Oh, man. I didn't. I did not do a good enough job trying to remember certain quotes. Um, I, th- I guess my favorite and my favorite interaction, this isn't really a quote, but this was when it was right. So basically this, this is the scene that came after this was Midge and Scotty went to that like bookstore and they talked to the guy about like some of the history of San Francisco to get a little more of an insight on these like, spirit to madeline were seen mm-hmm. was seen and then the scene right before that i loved it was like scotty comes home and he like wants a drink and midge is like oh no like we must go to this bookstore like i know someone who we can talk to and jimmy like takes like two big sips and then like runs out <laughs> but like every other time we're in that apartment he's always got like two drinks poured ready to yeah. go <laughs> He's even though he doesn't drink in the morning. Well, as soon as he gets home, he's he's ready to go. <laughs> he's ready to drink. He had so much whiskey. That was definitely my favorite, like little, like just like pointless quote, like interaction right there. But yeah, you do you have any lines for us? I had a few here, uh, similarly to you. Like when I watched the movie, I wasn't necessarily thinking about the quotes, um, but I went and just picked up a few from IMDb. I liked um, Madeline says when she's like, they're looking at the cross section of the tree in that little like forest was here. I was born and there I died. Mm. It was only a moment for you. You took no notice. I thought that was a good little like piece of of dialogue. Obviously reading it now after knowing what's what happens in the movie, you're like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I totally agree. It was a, kind of a weird it was kind of creepy but it was good mm-hmm. yeah it's certainly not like how people actually talk it's like a little bit more ominous and, <laughs> and weird but it, it still worked for me though yep. Definitely. Um, and then the only other one that I wanted to, to highlight is just like another little uh, joke here uh, was when between between Midge and Scotty was <laughs> Uh, Scotty looking at the like thing on the like wires, and he goes, "What's this doohickey?" And she goes, "It's a brazier. You you know about those things. You're a big boy now." 
Oh. Once, once again, <laughs> once again, just Midge trying to signal things to Scotty, and he's just not picking up. Such an idiot. Poor Midge, honestly. She's a catch. She can do better than James Stewart. We've already said before she's a talented painter. You know? Yeah. She's letting she's letting She'll paint herself doing everything. Yeah, exactly. You wanted to paint her face on the on the Mona Lisa. I think she's got you. Um Perfect. <laughs> Maybe she needs some counseling, but that's okay. You know, we can work through that. Ah. Who doesn't in this movie though? Who doesn't? Yeah, they all do. <laughs> so a thing that you and I commonly harp on with movies, um, and I feel like if we keep watching older things here, we're we're definitely gonna harp on this. Yeah. Um I just wanna ask you, was it too long? It it was a little long, I'd say maybe like five minutes too long. Mm-hmm. And if I were to like cut out something, maybe a little bit like I agree with your point that you have here about maybe a little bit of the Judy Scotty relationship. Like maybe we don't need that like weird scene when they're like trying to find her the right clothing. Like like I get that Jimmy Stewart's character was weird. I didn't need I didn't necessarily need that scene to like like that's like pounding a nail in a little too far. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like I think that I think that we may, we we maybe get like two or three scenes of him like being like I want you to dress like her. Uh, <laughs> uh and maybe we probably only needed like we we only needed like a scene where he says that and she says no and then like another scene where she's like okay fine I'll do it. And I think I think everything. Yeah. I think we still get the effect, but I don't think there's much else I would really cut out. No, it all worked. It all, it was all needed. I yeah, feel. yeah. I felt like it's it set up everything everything perfectly, especially like uh, for the conclusion. And then, have you noticed with like older movies, if they say they're like two hours and eight minutes, like they are two hours and eight minutes. Like there's no like yes. ten minutes of credit. Yeah, in older movies. I've been I've, as as you know, I've been watching a lot of those noirs on on the Criterion Channel. Uh, shout out. And, um, like, you know, I'll turn them on and uh, I'll be like, oh, okay, this is a, this is an hour and a half. This will be really quick. And I'll kind of be sitting there, like, looking at my watch, like, an hour 20 in. And, like, it should be ending in, like, five minutes, but I know we got 10 minutes left. And it's, it, like, literally just you show the Paramount logo and you're out. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, like, the end. And I'm like, oh, like, this movie, we can, we can give away the ending of, she falls to her death where she fake fell before <laughs> and it was just like the end and I was like yeah. oh alright that works. it reminded me a lot of the, the noirs that I've been, I've been watching in in many different ways but yeah that one especially where it's just like oh well the person died alright see ya we're out we got it yeah yeah <laughs> the end Jimmy's just even more damaged than yeah, was like, before somehow. Oh no, he's he's gonna go tell Mitch to joke, go dress like her now. <laughs> You're blind. Yeah, take the glasses like off. That. Wear this necklace. <laughs> I have a great yeah. suit that you'd like. Yeah, they're 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 taking away all of Judy's stuff and he's like, Give me the great suit. I need that suit. <laughs> <laughs> So I know we've made a lot of fun of Jimmy Stewart here. Uh, would you recast him in this, or would you recast anybody in this? You know, I'll say what I always say: that I think Janet Lee would have done a wonderful job in Kim Fox's role. She would have been great. Um, she's great in everything. Jimmy Stewart was fine. I mean, in 1958, I feel like you were just going to get a Jimmy Stewart lookalike. You might as well yeah. have the real thing. I think I like that he's in it too because he's worked with Hitchcock before. There's probably a little bit more familiarity there can make Scotty so likable. Would, would uh, your guy Humphrey Bogart <laughs> have worked in this movie? I think, he's, uh, I, I think he's... I think he might have been dead um, when this came out. But he's a little, oh, he's a little too grouchy too, I think. <laughs> 
He's too small. That's true. I think the height. That's is true. Like that would be dangerous. weird. I couldn't imagine though. I I love him as like a you know like a tough guy detective, but then like you know when he's uh, when he's when he's telling her to wear the clothes of the of the deceased woman, I feel like it might go a little bit yeah. too crazy. You know, like like why don't you get in the bathroom there and throw on these clothes? You know. Yeah. <laughs> that might, Right. Yeah, exactly. yeah what it would have sound like. <laughs> it would have been a little too rough, I think. We would have been like, I I really I don't know, man. <laughs> Maybe it probably wouldn't work yeah. in twenty twenty. Yeah, I think um I think Scotty is facing some sort of a like like uh social media backlash after after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he uh he needs yeah, to he needs dial to, it back. He needs to think about what he's doing here a little bit. <laughs> Would you recast anybody? You know, honestly, I don't think so. I guess maybe, <laughs> maybe since she dialed it up a little too much, maybe Mitch. <laughs> That's no. mean. I feel like we we, we rip on her too much. <laughs> she's trying. She she's really trying. Maybe. <laughs> Um, I compiled a little trivia here uh, to to send us out. Do you have any sort of trivia, or should I just rip away? Um, no, go ahead. I, I got some unanswerable oh, questions perfect. after That's that perfect. for you. So we've we've kind of made fun of uh, Jimmy Stewart's uh, age here, and Hitchcock also did the same. Uh, he said that the film received mixed, mixed reviews, which resulted in the lack of box office success uh, because uh, 50-year-old Jimmy Stewart was too old to be the love interest to 25-year-old uh, Kim Novak, uh, which, like we said before, that's a big age difference. It is a little hard to tell, though. Yeah, she's 25. That I, I wouldn't have... Yeah, she seems a little bit like older for her age, too. Definitely. And then, um, so another thing here that uh, I wanted to highlight since we've been talking about uh, sort of how weird uh, Scotty's obsession is with this dead woman, uh, Hitchcock himself even, I think, had a little fun of it uh, in an interview with Francois Truffaut, who's a French director. Uh, He talked about how um, Scotty dressing up Judy as, as Madeline, he saw it as a, a form of necrophilia. <laughs> and then uh, he has another great quote here. To put it plainly, the man wants to go to bed with a woman who is dead. <laughs> yeah. He really just uh, he really just lays it out there for you. And then um, we talked about that great little like camera movement when Scotty's having the issue um, looking at the ground from high high up. Um, and they get that effect by zooming out and then moving the camera in. So, and then I think I also read, and we do no backup research here. So if this is wrong, then it's not my fault. But um, that they had to do it on models and then set it up sideways because you couldn't do that vertically, like off a building with a camera at the time. Yeah, it's just some little oh, wow. behind the scenes there. But that's all I got for trivia. I got one little piece of trivia. Um, apparently, the scene where uh, Scotty walks in and Madeline is staring at the painting <clears throat> in the museum, apparently it took Hitchcock like a full week to do that scene because he oh wanted the lighting to be better. What a jackass. That's like Fincher. <laughs> like, I... Maybe, maybe Hitchcock should worry less about the lighting in a, in a very insignificant scene and it's yeah. more about marketing a movie. Yeah, exactly. It's really going to be his problem. It sort of reminds me of how um, people say that in, in Zodiac, there's like a scene where Jake Gyllenhaal throws like an envelope on a table and David Fincher made him do the take like a hundred times or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that poor he guy. Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> I know, if I was on the crew, I would be just standing now there like, what the fuck is the holdup? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Now all of his characters are just like <laughs> wild boys. Like they're wild. 
I mean, I couldn't blame him for just like throw the envelope again, get a shot, get a shot at this again. We're on take seventy five. Keep going. Oh my god, <laughs> it's too much. That's terrible. It's too much. So, what are the uh, unanswerable questions you got here for us? So we talked through a couple of these. So my first one is, so Madeline goes in the water by the Golden Gate Bridge and Scotty saves her and brings her to his home. Um, and then the next time we see her, like, like, and then when she wakes up, they talk and she's very clearly not, she doesn't have anything on in that bed. Did, did, did Jimmy Stewart's character strip her nude? Like, did, did he just, like, pick her up, take all of her clothes off her and I put her I guess I feel like bed? that's the implication, right? That had to be what happened. I feel like... That's weird. The fact that she didn't freak that's... out about that a little bit more was probably his first indication that she was down. You know? <laughs> yeah, like, that was... That was really, really strange that he was just like, yeah, your dress is... uh." It's in the kitchen, yeah. and it's like, what? Your yeah. dress should, it should That's, be that would have been my If I was in her shoes, that would have been my first question. Like, why is the dress not with me? Why am I not still wearing it? Yeah. You could have just draped me in blankets and towels, damn it. <laughs> you fucking creep. And then I love how... I agree. I'm totally with you. I love how later on, there's a point where, like, Madeline wakes up and she's like, I had a weird dream. And Jimmy Stewart just goes, oh, you want some alcohol? And, yeah. and I'm like, no, that's not it. Like, that is not how you respond to this woman. Like, you clearly are just, like, you don't even care. You just want to, like, keep keep hanging yeah. out with her. Keep the He's like, that's great. Right that's great. Uh, throw some liquor on top of it. That'll, that'll help. Yeah, the... Yeah, the way these feet, the way these like woman characters are, some of these, it's just some yeah. are just like just blows your mind. Yeah, like, like you a woman. You you do know that like they still have boundaries, right? Like they would still they would still get mad at this, right? Like, <laughs> right? Like this isn't like this is yeah. not this yeah. is not how you treat somebody. Um, I got two. Fire more. away. Both both are. Both aren't really about the movie. Both are a little more about uh, Jimmy Stewart and Hitchcock. So, do you think Alfred Hitchcock knew anybody who wasn't? I don't know. Yeah, I think um, at a certain point, he must have uh, made that choice in his life to only surround people that were, that were surround himself with people that were blonde. <laughs> I, I I feel like Hitchcock would have really liked that. Uh, that one school in Harry Potter where all yeah. the girls are blonde and have blue eyes. Were yeah, four he wishes he could have uh, gone to primary school there, I'm sure. <laughs> he would have loved that. He would have been like, oh, this is... This is the best school I have ever been to. Was, uh, he was... was in this movie, by the way? I know he likes being in his movie. I know on the trivia that it mentions it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up and babble through was i love though that he normally just kind of like walks in and walks out you know i think he did a a similar similar thing here um i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i'm trying to find it (laughs) um (laughs) do i could read you my one last question would Jimmy Stewart find consistent work if he was? I think an actor he would. Today? I think he would, especially at the age he is in this movie. I could see him playing like a dad in a lot of things now. I feel like his like floor is like a Disney Channel dad, and and his like peak would be. Like, I could see him being, like, the Elliot Gould character. Oh, that would be great. Movies. I'd love to see him in that. Little eccentric? I could see The weird thing with Jimmy, Jimmy is, like, he's sort of always just him. So he would have to be consistently, like, working with those people that, like, that want to cast him as him in, like, a good role. You know, like, like you said, Ocean's Eleven. Like, him in a Steven Soderbergh movie would be great. 
I could see that. Yeah, that would be. He he's like uh like George Clooney kind of does that where he just like. No one does. I'm really really cool, but I'm like woefully yeah, depressed true. better than George Clooney. <laughs> you know, like Jimmy Stewart, you could find that lane of, of people like George, uh, like. Uh, where they're just having him be the, like, nice, down-to-earth dude, you know? And I feel like he could have had a good career there if it was nowadays. I wonder if he did rom-coms. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he I, I think he would have a career. I just don't know if he'd be a leading man yeah. in, like, today's Dude, holiday. Yeah, yeah, I don't see that as much. That would be a little bit weirder nowadays, especially because people that are leading men really, like, are, like, the rock now. It's wild. <laughs> Jimmy yeah. Stewart in San Andreas. Jimmy Stewart in Rampage. <laughs> what about Jimmy Stewart in Criminal Intelligence? Oh, Him and Kevin Hart, buddy. Then comedy. they wouldn't be able to make their one joke, which is that The Rock is big and Kevin Hart is small. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy just Jimmy just does a. Uh, a filibuster like he does and Mr. Smith goes to Washington the whole time and Kevin Hart's like Jimmy Stewart's like uh, you see you were popular in high school but I'm I'm the cool guy now boy that was a horrible Jimmy Stewart (laughs) all right is is that the Washington let's head over here oh Jimmy I gotta find more Jimmy movies just so I can keep yeah absolutely ripping on him (laughs) We'll we'll find a we'll find a bad one and then just really really go to town on that one. <laughs> I think I think we got it all. Should we wrap? Yeah, do you think we should wrap? So that's Vertigo. What what, what I you believe give it out of I five gave it a four and a half out of five, and then a a like as well. Yeah, I gave it five. I thought it was I thought it was tremendous. Like I give James Stewart a hard time, but I thought the movie was absolutely tremendous and definitely yeah, one of my like top five movies I, I, I've ever I couldn't seen. agree more. I you know, like I took I took the, the half star out maybe just because it drags for that one scene, but you know that I I really couldn't like recommend this movie more to anybody, you know. It's just top notch. Yes. This was a I think this was a good movie to start with. So just a little bit about what we're doing next. So our next show, we're going to do, we're going to talk a little bit about a new movie coming to Netflix tomorrow, or I guess depending on when you're listening to this, May 1st, it's coming to Netflix. It's called All Day and the Night, and it's about a young man who embarks on a journey of self-discovery after landing in the same prison as his father, and it stars Ashton Sanders, Jeffrey Wright, and... Yaya Abdul Mateen. Yeah. Mateen. Yaya Abdul Mateen. Uh yeah, we're not gonna focus on it too much. We're just gonna we're both just trying to do better about watching new movies in this time where it's very difficult to kind of yeah. drag yourself to a new to a new movie. And uh we'll talk about it for a few minutes on the uh at the beginning. And do you have any thoughts on maybe what hmm. our next movie club well, could be? You know, I have been watching a lot of a lot of noirs. I was thinking, I mean, something like classic like that. I like this sort of classic Hollywood thing we've been doing, honestly. I think that would be a fun little way to keep going. So, I, I have a, I don't know if you've seen this movie. Have you ever seen um, uh, Escape it's been from a long, Alcatraz? Long time. I noticed that was coming to Amazon Prime. That could be a potential one we could do. But if you want to do a noir, I would. That would be, be great too. Honestly, I'd be, I'd be I'd be up for either of those. We'll uh we'll have to keep brainstorming here, but I think that's a good start. Yeah. We'll... Okay. We'll just we gotta we'll think yeah. of it. It'll be yeah, there. It'll it'll just happen. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of no R's that I've. Yeah, we could seen. go sort of famous. Few. We could go sort of like classic, or we could do like a, a sort of a weirder one or a more modern one um, as well, if you want. 
I haven't seen the uh, the Big Sleep. I've read the book. I haven't seen the movie. That might be a fun one to do. There's some more Humphrey Bogart for you. Yeah. 1946? Right, right in there. I'm right, right. Okay. All right. Perfect. You know what? I'm down. All right. Let's I can't wait now. Sleep. I'm excited. <laughs> we'll do it. We'll be back in... Yeah, we'll be, about, we'll be back a in a week. week. We'll be talking to everybody about the big sleep. And it'll be a good time. Yeah. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to go <laughs> I'll play some games on 2K right with Zion. <laughs> All right. Thanks, yeah. everybody, for tuning in. <laughs>